First, let me invite uh, our children, kindergarten through third grade. Uh, if you want to, you can go through that door to children in worship, or you might want to stay. You just never know what we might sing or do next. But uh, uh, children in worship uh, through that door, kindergarten through third grade. And what what um, a morning. We've already uh, traveled the globe and traveled the ages um, in the music that we've been singing together that that celebrates the power of the unifying love of God in Jesus Christ um, that transcends all cultures and all kinds of people and all kinds of languages because of his, the, the very power of His love. That's, uh, that's what we'll talk about today is just the, the essence of God's love. And we'll look at it particularly as we look at, uh, at Joseph. Um, um, the, the season of Advent, um, I uh, realized this week, it's sort of like um, those of you that came down North Ave- uh, or, uh, Hamilton Avenue and, and you came south through the business district, if you came that way, um, there's a little electronic speed indicator. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody's seen those. You're driving down the road and it's just on the side it says, you're going this speed. Right. And either it starts to flash at you or dance or, you know, give you a smiley face if you're going the right speed or wrong. You, you know what I'm talking about there. OK, good. Um, well, there's one right there on Hamilton. And every time I drive by, you know, I look at it. and I'm like, whoa, hey, how fast am I going? You know, you just it's just one of those things. You just get in the car, you're going, you're in the middle. You're not really thinking about it. Right. Well, that Advent has that feel to it. Sort of like a spiritual speed indicator. Hey, how fast are you going? How fast are you going in, in this season? You know, what, what is your speed and is it caught up in all that's around us or is it a time when you're slowing down to focus on the peace that Christ brings, on the hope that we have in Him and on the amazing love that He has? Um, for us. So this, this season, this season of Advent is a, a good one to just be that kind of indicator, um, of where our soul is. And this is the time to be able to stop and slow down and focus on God's love. Um, Matthew chapter one, um, starting with verse one or chapter one, verse 18. It's on page 783 in your pew Bible. If you want to follow there or you can follow along. Um, on the, the screen. Um, uh, let's, let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for your written word as it speaks to us. Thank you for this season that helps us to, to focus on the, this miraculous event that you become human um, in Jesus May your spirit be at work in our own hearts and our own souls that we can comprehend just how much your love for us is, that we can receive it and truly feel, experience just the extent of your love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, um, uh, before we jump in, just one thing about Christian love. Um, we, we've... Um, 
there's a lot of different ways that we talk about love, you know, and that we can love the Bengals and we can love our spouses, you know, we can love the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I mean, we can use all different ways, but the the element of love, the core of Christian love here is doing what is best for the other regardless of personal consequences. Doing what is best for the other regardless of personal consequences. At its core, love is a decision. It's a commitment. It's an action. There is feeling and there is affection that is involved with with love for sure. But that's not at its core. It can entail sacrifice. And that's what we'll see in our passage here in a number of different ways. That's what love is. Doing what is best for the other regardless of personal consequences. All right. Now, uh, chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but he had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, a little bit of background here to see just how much Joseph loved Mary. Um, a little bit of background, understanding engagement and marriage and the, that, how that worked in Mary and Joseph's day and in their, um, uh, in their place, um, in their culture. What, what usually happened is you got engaged and then you had a year before you got married and then that in that year at the marriage ceremony that's then after that when you completed the marriage and husband and wife became one uh, where they had um, a sexual intimacy with one another that's usually how it worked and worked very often that way so when you see this and you see that the situation so Joseph and Mary are engaged and Joseph finds out Mary is pregnant And Joseph knows it's not his child. So then Joseph decides that he's going to end this. And in order to end an engagement, in a sense, you have to have a divorce in that day. And so he's going to have a divorce, but he's going to do it quietly. He he wants to, to, to minimize as much as possible the disgrace and shame that Mary would have um, if he made a public spectacle of her. 
And, and so his, his righteousness that is brought out here, it comes through here. He's, he demonstrates the, the love of God. That's what righteousness meant. It meant that you were walking with God, that your character was formed by God, and that's who Joseph was. And so in his heart, he, lo- he wanted to do what was best for Mary. So even in this situation, even though from what his perspective at the beginning, he'd done nothing wrong, Mary had done everything wrong from what he's thinking, not, not having his dream yet. But he's like, Mary, I'm going to share the shame and pain with you. I'm going to share that with you. We're going to hold that together so that you can be released quietly. He even is breaking the law, actually. I mean, the laws of the day told Joseph he had every right to make a public spectacle of Mary, to get the dowry, the money that he that, that they'd paid, you know, for this, to, to get everything had been paid, to get it all back, make it um, his, and put all the blame on her. That, that's what the laws gave him the right to do. And even in Roman law, said that's what he was supposed to do. Every man that was wronged in that way was supposed to do that. Now, that's all the culture of that day. That, that's, that's not biblical. That's, um, and that's a whole other sermon around issues of men and women and equality. <laughs> that, that wasn't the case in their day. But that was the situation they were in. And it shows how Joseph was righteous, living according to the love of God and not the law of the day. Matter of fact, he even practiced civil civil disobedience by disobeying the law in doing what was the loving thing to do with Mary. So as he's ready to do that, he's, he's shown his love for her to pursue this quiet separation and and even then, you know, she would probably go home and never marry. And he would probably go on in his life and probably never marry either. Um, uh, but the uh, that night he has a dream. And an angel appears to Joseph uh, to say that uh, this is, uh, this child in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. That the, the Holy Spirit has entered Mary and now she is pregnant with a child who is the Savior of the world. Now, Joseph has another decision. Is he going to receive this dream as a word from the Lord? And is, is he going to obey? He shows his love for Mary Wanting to do it quietly now, he shows his love for God. By hearing this word and obeying. This is the, the way that, that, that we show our love for God. That, that we hear, we trust, and we obey. That, that is demonstrating our love for God. And that's what Joseph shows here. And he completes the marriage. And he becomes the human father of Jesus. Think about the implications of this for Joseph and for Mary. I mean, everybody knows what's going on, right? I mean, Mary's showing. And you, you still got months until the marriage is completed. 
So everybody knows what's going on. And then Joseph comes out and tells his family and his friends, I've had a dream. It was the Holy Spirit who did this uh, to Mary. It wasn't me. Yeah, that'll go over, right? Can't you see the family? Oh, praise the Lord. You're right, Joseph. Unbelievable. And can't you see Joseph down at the Carpenters Union sharing the story? Hey, guys, let me tell you what happened. The Holy Spirit. Right, Joseph. Sure. Yeah, that, that he, he, his life's now just a whole lot easier here, isn't it? He demonstrates and she demonstrates a love for God in their willingness to endure whatever misunderstanding, whatever misconceptions, whatever pain, whatever shame might be there, whatever embarrassment. Demonstrate their love for one another and for God the Father. Yeah, I know in, in, in my family, when we get together, there's one or two stories of my own uh, um, sin uh, that uh, the, the kids will regularly just bring up along the way. You know, it, it may have been years ago. And it was one, one time that I was sent to go get order and get the pizza. And I had all their orders and what they wanted. And I just decided on the way of it. Ah, never mind. I'm going to get what I want. I mean, I'm going to get the pizza. I'm going to order it. I can, and I got the credit card. So I'll get what I want. And I came back with the pizza that I wanted and they were not happy. And they've never let me forget that story. And it comes up every time we're together. Don't let dad order. He'll just do what he wants. Can you imagine Joseph and Mary and Jesus? That they're, oh, yeah, here's Jesus, the Holy Spirit's son. <laughs> but that would have been their life. In those uh, early years. I do wonder now, though, if you were to ask Mary and Joseph today. Would you have still done what you did? I don't think they'd have a single doubt. Huh? That the implications of carrying the Savior of the world, of mothering and fathering the Savior of the world as an infant and as a small child, and all that it meant and all that it cost to them was worth every second. Joseph has this dream then that this is now the one the, the Holy Spirit has actually impregnated Mary and he is going to be the Savior of the world. Um, you're going to name him Jesus. You're also going to name him Emmanuel. Those two names. Jesus means God saves us. And Emmanuel means God is with us. And Jesus, as we'll say in just a few moments at the Apostles' Creed, Jesus is fully God, 100% God and 100% human. And it is a, a mystery of mysteries that the Holy Spirit is letting Joseph in on so it's understandable he might be confused along the way. It's understandable that we might be confused along the way of our journeys with God, of loving God. But this is what happens at the incarnation. That now it starts to move to show the love of God that Joseph is emulating. That God, God the Son... Yeah, he's with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in the beautiful safety of heaven. And yet the Creator 
then somehow gets funneled, squeezed into being part of the creation. But not a part of the creation that would be large and powerful and mighty, like some huge parade. Becomes a helpless child in the womb of a woman, totally dependent on her for life. Is born and totally dependent. The one who is the provider of all that we have now becomes totally dependent on the provision of others for food, for his diapers to be changed. That's the love of God. To become fully human for the salvation of the world. To become God with us, as we're told here, to take away the sins of the world. He must be fully human so that he can be a sacrifice for sins. And he's fully pure. He's without sin so that he doesn't have to pay for his own sin because he has none. But he's fully human so now he can be a sacrifice for sin. Then he's fully God so that he can take care. He can wipe away the sins of all who follow him. Fully God, fully human. Showing a love like Joseph was emulating. That shares, takes on my shame, my pain, my selfishness, my evil. And yours too. And anyone who will turn to him. That's the love of God. That is willing to do what is best for the other. Even at great personal consequence. In just a a few moments, we'll have uh, three baptisms here. And and each baptism represents the the work of God in each of the uh, human beings that are being baptized. And it's it's a sign of that inward reality of the Holy Spirit. Just like the Holy Spirit um brought the Savior of the world into Mary, the Holy Spirit is at work in every human being bringing faith to birth in us, in you and me. And that's what we will celebrate here in a moment. That God became human in order to die for our sins so that we could be totally cleansed and be right relationship with the living God now and forever. Just like Joseph humbled himself, so too God humbles himself for you and for me. And we're invited to then give ourselves to him, to be cleansed by him, and to become a part of a community like Joseph and Mary who live in the fullness of that kind of love for the world. That's what we celebrate at this baptism of each one saying, I'm ready to enter into, I receive that forgiveness and I'm entering to, to be a part of that kind of community that lives, that seeks to live this kind of love. 
What I'm wondering is if there are folks here today who've never made that step. You've, you've felt the Holy Spirit take initiative within you along the way. Maybe even the Holy Spirit's one bringing you to hear this word now, to experience this worship, to gather at this baptism so that you too can receive that gift of love, that sacrificial cleansing from your sin, your shame, your pain. He's willing. He's going to take it. He already has. Maybe today the Holy Spirit, just like the Holy Spirit was in Mary initiating the Savior of the world, maybe He's in you now, giving birth to faith, initiating your salvation in you and your receiving of that gift. I invite you to hear that and receive it and act on it. At the conclusion of the service, we'll have some folks that love to pray with you for you in the prayer room just to the right. I'll mention it again at the end. But to simply say, yes, I, I want to give whatever shame, pain, struggle, I want to give that and all to God. What is good and what is bad. My whole life. And then, shoot, next week, we, we can bring this back out and baptize you then. That, that's the kind of love, the sacrificial love of God. That's, that's all that is. You simply receive it. You don't have to go clean yourself up. You can't. He's already done it. Don't have to go make, make things right before you come to God. No, you come to God so that now His Holy Spirit is alive in you and He works in you and He works in us. So that now we become the kind of community like Joseph and Mary, that kind of love. We celebrate at Christmas. We see in Joseph and in Mary is that kind of sacrificial love that demonstrates that kind of scandalous, sacrificial love of God who's ready to take on our shame, our pain, our sin, to take it on himself and wash us clean so that we might receive his love and be bearers of his love wherever we go. Amen.